So this is a little bit like discovering a little secret. Our event, believe it or not, is still new to a lot of people. And when you first stumble across it, whether it is on the live event here on Clubhouse or our podcast, which is called the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, you kind of go, is that for real? They're talking to different radio people. Who are they talking to? Well, we've got a schedule. We'll tell you all about it. Every single week, our live event is like getting a snapshot of real radio happening right now on the ground in real time. This isn't a history lesson. And you will usually walk away with some encouragement and, of course, some wisdom about your own future. Welcome to the Radio Rally on the Clubhouse. What you're about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing stories from an absolutely amazing radio person who's practicing their business right now, and of course, uncovering the path forward in radio right now for you. Today's live event will be a podcast called The Encouragers. The Radio Rally podcast will become available for you. This episode, it's always available, by the way, but this particular episode, will become available soon after the end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events at JustJoeProductions.com for creating an audio footprint and distributing them. You can meet our guests live on the Clubhouse app. This is the big benefit of being here. You can actually connect with these people on Clubhouse. You can talk to them. You can ask them questions at the end of our live broadcast, or you can subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss a Thing. That's why we designed this encouragers group to be encouraging for you in the way that works for you. Our two podcasts are the encouragers innovation and audio podcast and the encouragers, the radio rally podcast. Both are available on Apple. They're available on audible Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. What is happening right now on this live event? Well, it's December 27th, 2021, almost 2022, right? Aaron Michael, who is with iHeart country stations across the nation, and is actually based in Greenville, Spartanburg, South Carolina, at Whistle 100, Whistle 100 WSSL. He does afternoons from 3 to 7 on Whistle. He will be with us in mere minutes before we get started with today's guest on this live event on Clubhouse. Don't forget next Monday. And by the way, this was not planned, but next Monday, January 3rd, we will have Bruce Logan, who has spent time, as I have, by the way, at Whistle 100 in Greenville, where iHeart's country stations are there in Greenville, Spartanburg. Uh, He is currently the operations manager and brand content director at Hubbard Broadcasting in West Palm Beach, Florida. You're going to get a a kind of an earful about him and how he sees the radio business and and how he's charting his career, maybe some great advice for you on how to chart a path for a more productive career for you. You can always see our guest calendars all the way until February now on our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. We have encouragement for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series, and even more encouragement for local radio sellers because our business is about revenue, right? With our encouraging sales success series, as well as free resources for anybody who's in the radio business or in 
audio today. You can get help from us directly on our site. We don't lock away anything on our website the way some other consultants do. So go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime. See what you can get for free from our team. By the way, you can also check out our growing archive in our podcast episodes featuring all the guests on both the Radio Rally and Innovation and Audio by subscribing to our free podcast. We'll have more on that later for you in this live event. Please follow the people on the stage at this live event tonight. And of course, look around the room for people that you might want to connect with as well while you're here tonight. We also encourage you uh, to to build your own broadcast career. You're really in charge. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We really do it all from research to competitive mapping, building station architecture, music libraries, imaging. We, we also supply the best voice trackers, creative marketing ideas, and much more. Rainmaker Pathway is about branding, building strong brands, and helping you leverage them for more value, and more revenue. RPC is all about growing your revenue. Everyone knows that consumer behavior is changing rapidly. Find out how to protect yourself and grow your local brands. If you know somebody's looking for fresh answers, they need a little help, we'd love to help them. We are confidential and market exclusive for radio. Reach out anytime, FORD at RainmakerPathway.com. If you haven't liked our encouragers, the encouragers here on the Clubhouse app. Please do it tonight while you're here live. And of course, we do have at least two live events every single week designed to help you grow your radio and audio career. We do have a special event coming up for market managers, sales managers, and local radio sellers too. This is called the 2022 Sales Liftoff Planning Your Bigger Revenue Year. And that event is coming Thursday, January 13th, 2022 at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. You can join us live right here on the Clubhouse app for our revenue-focused event that we plan to do quarterly for these sales managers, market managers, and local sellers, so please invite them along. We will lay out planning and actual actionable items to help you and your sales team grow your revenue. We will specifically talk about recruiting new radio sellers, how to help you get more packed into your Q1, because most people will be already starting to eye Q2 by that time, right? Middle of January, you know it. And we also want to give you actionable ideas and possibilities to generate more revenue in the first half of 2022. That's what it's all about. My co-host will be the current sales consultant, Alec Drake, who just finished finished up 15 years at Cumulus Media in Dallas as their director of sales. He is going to be well-armed with two revenue partners. We got these from divergent parts of the country, too, because we want you to have a different view of revenue and how to produce it. Chuck Wood is going to be with us, along with Scott Howard. Chuck Wood, of course, is the VP and GM of Delta Media Corp., a multimedia company comprised of seven television and nine radio stations in South Louisiana. So you know we're going to get a unique perspective from him. And Scott Howard is the general sales manager of WoWo Radio Federated Media in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Every single 
week. We have visits from radio pros from different parts of the country. We do it for a single reason. We're here to encourage you and encourage anyone making a living in the radio business today. This is also where you can come and hear from people you might ordinarily not get a chance to hear in an intimate setting talking about radio right now, and you can meet them on our Clubhouse events. Follow the people on the stage and look around the room to see other folks you might want to connect with and network with. Our purpose is to encourage and networking is a big part of encouraging your career in the radio business. So let's talk about where we are, right? Um, we definitely have a, a really great guest tonight, and I'm so excited to have him with us. Um, I would like to say uh, hello to Aaron. Michael, how are you, sir? I'm wonderful. How are you doing, Lloyd? I'm doing good. You are uh, you're kind of a self-made man. Would you? Would, uh, <laughs> well, let me ask you that. Do you see okay. yourself that way? Are you a Are you a self-made radio man? Not at all. I've had a lot of people around me uh, from the get-go of my career that's kind of kept pushing me and kept encouraging me and telling me that I can do what I want to do. And I honestly want to be where I'm at in the shows that I do today without the, a couple of really, I mean, key people that I still keep in touch with today, or at least I, when I see them, I tell them, hey, thank you for what you've done for me. So I'm definitely not self-made at all. Well, you know, it's really interesting. The Kind of the cooler the person you talk to, the more they're going to tell you, oh, no, there's a bunch of people that are involved <laughs> for me, people who have encouraged me, people who have mentored me, people who are helping me connect the dots now. I, I always like to go back to the beginning though, right? Yeah. Uh, let's not talk about Whistle yet. Let's not talk about the voice tracking and the different places that you're doing work with iHeart Country across the country. You attended Western Carolina University. Your degree is Bachelor of Science Communications. That makes me think that you were headed in this direction even then. Did you know you wanted to be on the radio? Yeah, that was, I mean, from, I would say about sophomore year of high school, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Uh, my parents, I'm going to be honest with you, they try to talk me out of it every day. Um, I actually had a scholarship to Western to go for band, for marching band. Um, and mom and dad were not very happy when I denied that scholarship so I could go into the broadcasting uh, program at Western. But I knew without a doubt that radio was what I wanted. I wanted to be on air. I wanted to be a personality. And I wasn't going to let anything stop me from doing that. Well, well, take us back to that first moment that you remember, okay, for the first time, radio is something I want to do. And not only do I want to do it, I want to be, I want to be a star on the air. <laughs> um, for me, I mean, you're going to think I'm crazy, but it's going to be when I was, I don't know, eight or nine years old, my parents uh, gave me for Christmas, if you remember Home Alone 2, he's got that talk boy, that recorder that he carries around everywhere in the movie. Yeah. And I, they gave me that. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I quickly found out that when you plug your headphones into their talk boy, you could hear yourself talking. And that was it. I built a radio studio in my room at that point using the Talkboy. I had a little boom box that I would play songs into the Talkboy, and I created even my own commercials and everything. I would sit in my room for hours upon hours making fake radio. And then I would take the cassette tape out of the living room and make my poor parents sit there and listen to the cassette tape for hours upon hours. And it was just something that I never grew out of. I always had some kind of recording device in my room. I had some kind of studio type thing set up because I knew that's what I wanted to do. And then um, I'm sure we'll get into my older brother actually works in radio too. So when he got mm -hmm. into radio, 
that was it. That, 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 when I say lit a fire in me, I followed him around like a lost puppy. And that was when I really knew this is something I need to do. I want to do. And I haven't stopped since. Well, but listen, so in the beginning, you're like, oh my God, I want to do this. And there's something about radio men and women. You do not want to get us a recording device when we're young. <laughs> no, because, no. <laughs> because it will just light the fire. But then you have this older brother. And once he shows you, he shows you this is, this is something that can happen in your family. Yep. So this is, this is very possible. Yeah. And right. I remember, yeah, I remember he was doing on uh, weekends for a classic rock station in our town and he got the um, uh, Christmas Eve shift one year. And so he asked mom and dad if he could bring me with him to do the show with him. He got approval from his boss to have me come in there. And uh, I mean, that was probably the, that, that was probably it right then and there where my eyes lit up. I got to see how radio worked. I got to sit in the production room when he was doing some stuff and mess around. And I mean, getting to be in an actual radio station and, and seeing it happen, that was when I realized. Uh, this is it. This is what I want. Like you said, it's attainable because my brother's doing it. I'm here. I can do this as long as I stay focused and really just kept my head down and didn't give up. Well, and you do have to stay focused in this business, especially today, like never before. Let's yeah. talk, let's let's tap the brakes for a minute and talk about the parental units for just one second because you yeah. said something interesting. You said that they try to talk you out of it. What did they do for work? These um, so my dad is a helicopter pilot. He was, um, with, I guess it kind of started with him. He managed uh, Penn's Landing Heliport in Philadelphia, starting helicopter, and he flew traffic reports for KYW in Philadelphia for uh, both TV and radio. Um, and so we grew up listening to KYW out of Philadelphia, 1060. I mean, I can still sing the jingles to this day. Like Ooh. that was the radio station we listened to. Um, and to this day, if I go up to Philadelphia to go to an Eagles game, whatever, first thing I do is click over to 1060 because I just love that station still. Um, and then my mom worked at the heliport with him. And so then once they moved from Philadelphia down to Asheville, North Carolina, my dad was a helicopter pilot for a mission organization that flew medical supplies into remote tribes in Africa. So we kind of changed gears, <laughs> staying away from the media, but dad was a helicopter pilot and mom was a teacher at our local school to kind of keep me and my brother grounded while dad was doing missions and stuff like that. So I think when it came time for us to you know, me and my brother to get a job and kind of settled down. They wanted us both to have something that was a little bit more steady than what they had, had their whole life. And unfortunately, we both decided to go into radio, and I'm sure that made him a little nervous. <laughs> well, and look, let's be fair. Your dad is the dude, man. I mean, yeah, he is. <laughs> he's kind of like Indiana Jones a little bit. He's a helicopter pilot, but not just not just doing the traffic thing. He's often wherever, right? Yeah, it's funny you called him Indiana Jones. He literally is the stunt pilot for one of the Indiana Jones movies. I can't remember which one it is top of my head, but he literally did some of the stunt piloting for that movie when he was in Philadelphia. So that's funny that you kind of put those two together. <laughs> well, this is this is absolute. I, I tell people all the time, you never know what's going to show up on the radio rally. <laughs> so, so listen, uh, uh, you know, here we're talking about the intimate way your broadcast career started. Uh, you, you did you start in this business on the tech end? I see, like in your resume path, that you're managing websites and technology for your cluster. Did they just look at you and go, "Man, he's young. You got to know this stuff." Was that? 
what happened? Yeah, so um, I, I started really being a remote tech, you know, driving the vans. I mean, my first gig was um, for Saga Communications in Asheville, North Carolina, working for WLXL. And I was just a weekend remote tech. Um, but it was funny. I was only 15, I think, at the time, because in North Carolina, you had a permit at 15 and your license at 16. But when you had your permit, you could drive a vehicle with a licensed driver. So my mom used to drive me to the radio station where I would meet the talent that was doing the remote that day. And the talent would be the licensed driver to allow me to drive the radio van to the remote and set everything up. And then I'd drive back to the station with the talent and then my mom would pick me up. So, I mean, I literally started just kind of, you know, remote teching. And then um, as I got my license, I was able to get in the station. They had me kind of running boards. And then from there, I moved to iHeart because they were offering me more hours. And so in iHeart, I did everything from board up into managing websites. I mean, I've been around the front desk at iHeart in Asheville for six months just to keep my foot in the door because I refused to be let go. And I was like, no, I'll do it. I'll run the front desk. I don't care. I just wanted to be around radio. You're like, I'm going to mint this career and get it started no matter what. So I don't yes. care what the job is. I'm doing it. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, look, you have a lot of tenacity, okay? And and to be fair to everybody, I know you, and I know your brother. I especially know you. And <laughs> you and I have never worked together, but I do know about helicopters, and I know that you and I have fascination with trains. So, Yep, big fascination with trains. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, so listen, let's talk about something that makes some people a little funky. You know, people get into labels, and they start putting labels on things, and I'm just going to lay it out here. I'm a Gen Xer. You know, you've got people who are baby boomers still in our business. You've got people who are millennials. You've got some younger people. Okay, there's a lot of talk around employment and millennials, what they value, how you work successfully with them. Do you consider yourself a millennial? That's the first question. And then you have a high passion for radio. Uh, does radio do enough to attract millennials today? So I guess, you know, by the timing of what a you know, definition of what a millennial is, yes, I'm a millennial. I don't consider myself one because I do have friends that are very, that pick that, I don't know, the quintessential millennial, not wanting to do a lot, you know, doing bare minimum. And there's, there's are some obviously millennials like that. There's a lot of millennials that are like my, like me who like to work for what we need to work for, who want to be successful. So I can oh, there's myself, some scary, there's some scary millennials. <laughs> yeah, there are. Who have a lot more together than baby boomers, a lot more together than yes. Gen Xers, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I would consider myself obviously a millennial for, you know, obviously the definition of it. Um, I, for me, I think radio does a great job at re reaching millennials and, and staying connected because to me, you know, with, with the way internet and streaming and all that is nowadays, it, it, it changes so much for the younger generation that I don't think they ever get to actually enjoy anything before they're being pushed on something else. Whereas radio right. knows what millennials like, radio knows what makes millennials happy, and then we keep pushing that. I mean, you know, we're always still doing, you know, new music discovery, but we're throwing in the classics, you know, the, the golds, the throwbacks that everyone knows and loves. We're not abandoning that. I feel like you know, any more with a lot of the streaming apps, it's just new, 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 because they know yeah, that the right. attention span is, you know, what, 10 minutes of people mostly nowadays. But for millennials, I really feel like radio still hones in on them with throwbacks and golds and the, the kind of nostalgia of, you know, come, some games in the morning and stuff like that. So I think radio honestly does a great job at attracting millennials, both listeners and to me for working, like there's always something new popping up where I'm like, man, that's fun. Like, hey, that kind of brings it back, but it's new technology as well. So I think they do a great job. 
Right. And and let's switch hats for a minute and talk about does radio do enough to recruit? And I'm going to lay it out. Uh, millennial sellers and millennials for on air. Yeah, you know, the the selling part, I think we could do a little better at um, millennial sellers. I, I really think radio, at least in my um, in my instances, I think we could do a little better at getting some millennial sellers that are more in line with our demo, a little bit more in line with what the station is looking for. I think that would be a really big step forward for uh, at least in the market that I that I work in. We have some amazing sellers here in Greenville, but I wouldn't mind a couple of you know younger sellers that I could go out with and really maybe find a you know some endorsements and some you know off you know working partners and stuff like that for cool events. Um, so I definitely think radio could work towards focusing more on some millennial sellers, especially, you know, where the main country demo is at. That's where you're kind of looking for nowadays. And I think, you know, yes, we get the, the sellers that know what they're doing. I mean, these guys that are veteran sellers, we couldn't have a sales staff without them. There's no doubt about it. But right. they, they need a little help too, just being reminded of, you know, what radio is and what the station does and stuff like that. So. That leads me to, to ask you this question. How much encouragement do you give sellers uh, toward, you know, going, hey, I really could use an endorsement for this and I think I'd be a good match for this or or how can I help you with that? How much engagement is there between you and the sales department? There's a lot for me. Uh, I will. Uh, I, I usually do a check in once. Uh, I'd say at least once a month with my um, um, AEs that are currently with endorsements now. Like I keep in touch with my clients personally once a week, if not more than that. But I'll check in with AEs and be like, "Hey, you know, months end of months wrapped up. You know, what do we need to do in the next month? Do we need a new copy? And you know, I keep up with that. But as I see endorsement opportunities pop up for me, like say, you know, I need something. I want to do something fun with my family. Hey, you know, how about an endorsement with such and such water park like let me show you how this would be good for me but how it could be beneficial for you because look we could do this 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 and this i will email out or uh, set up a meeting on teams real fast at any moment i can get and especially when they email and say hey we've got an idea for this company would this work and i'm immediately going to be like yes and if it doesn't, I'll obviously I'll say that eh, doesn't work. But nine times out of ten, I'm always like, yes, let me get you a spec spot. Let me get you a sample social media post on that. Let's see what we can do. I mean, how and so that way they've got everything at their hands to go ahead and start working on it. That way, if the client's interested enough, we can maybe get a sit down with me personally, and then we can go from there. You know, I, we spend a lot of time in our consulting practice talking with clients at, at all levels, not just personalities, but people in the sales department about misunderstanding or underestimating relationship and value of those relationships. I think it's it's really it's something that can get lost pretty easily. Yeah. So I'm going to switch again on you because, okay. well, look, I, I know you're. I know you're very fast, so you can handle it. Okay. In yeah. your in your opinion, and this might be a little tougher question, what do you think the ingredients are that are necessary to be an elite radio personality in twenty twenty two? I'm not talking about being on the radio. Yeah. I'm talking about being elite and really good at it because you are doing multiple markets. You're not just doing Greenville. Yeah. Uh for me it's being 100% honest and real when you get behind the microphone. I had a professor at Western, my uh, 
uh, professor for the whole program, uh, Don Connolly, he always said that the microphone is a person's ear. And so you're talking to someone's ear. And that has stuck with me since day one, because how I speak on the microphone is how I speak to my friends in my group and my text messages, stuff like that. And so for me, it's being the most raw and real. If I mess up a break, mm, as long as I'm not saying the wrong station name, nine times out of 10, I'll keep a mess up because that's the human factor. That's the realness. I mean, anyone listening goes, oh man, he's a real guy. You know, I don't, nobody wants to hear that uh, cookie cutter kind of Siri sound or everything sounds perfect. They want to hear raw and real person where they can be driving and hear me, you know, say a joke or joke around about something and laugh and they're going, oh my God, that's funny. I can laugh along with them because they feel like they're connected to me. That to me is what's been my success is being so open and honest, um, not only with the way I uh, approach listeners on air, but how I approach my life. I mean, as you know, I'm an open book when it comes to my kids and relationships and everything going on. Uh, That's been the success for me is being open and honest. And I think that's how moving into 2022, when you're fighting streaming and you're fighting, you know, YouTube and, and all these, you know, uh, the, the the new media of video only and all that is being open and honest and being a connection with somebody as soon as they turn on the radio is what's going to make you stand out above the rest. I do think that's one of the really incredible things that you do really, really well. And I, I am so grateful you brought it up. Listen, uh, how about the two big guys? Okay, let's talk about them for a minute, because in your company, you know, you've got Bobby Bones and yep. and what's that other dude's name that can't keep a job? Uh, Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Are those guys intimidating to somebody like you? Because, dude, I know about some of your career desires, right? Yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not outing you or anything, but I'm just no, saying no. you you want to push to get to the next level. Is it intimidating for you to see those guys and go, oh, my God, how do you get to that level? It, it is intimidating. I mean, Ryan Seacrest, to me, you know, I grew up in the age of American Idol. I mean, I remember voting in the very first American Idol for, you know, Kelly Clarkson and all that. I mean, watching Ryan Seacrest over the years, I mean, just blow up into what he is today with hosting uh, live with uh, Kelly and, and doing his show from New York. It's mind-blowing to me what Ryan Seacrest has achieved, what he's become. And he's always been one of those guys that I'm like, God, man, that that's work ethic right there. Like, that's that's keeping yeah, it makes you want to makes you want to do the math about how he's doing it right it's yeah like, oh they're they're every day i'm like how are you not exhausted man <laughs> you know what i mean right. like, and then same with bobby bones like i mean uh, you know bobby comes on the scene and i fell in love with the sound of bobby's show when he moved to wsix i, I fell in love with that 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 new raw kind of country sound and um um you know uh, they had that the loaded country imaging around the show it's just fantastic and i'm like my gosh this is such a cool sound and to see how bobby has grown that show to still be inviting, like you're sitting down with your friends, but to be pushing the envelope and breaking new artists. And that look at Bobby now, he's a TV star, he's everywhere. It, it is a little intimidating to see because you can you think to yourself, all right, how much space is there in our industry, in our medium for guys like that to have happened to? Oh, I, I mean, oh you, there's some you know? space and you're a good looking dude. I mean, <laughs> you, you, I know your brother does t- TV. We're going to talk about that a little bit, but yeah, but you could do television, I feel. Right. Yeah. And I think and I think that's be that's the kind of one thing that keeps in my head is uh, I'm I'll quick. I'm in a, my still my house uh, for, you know, since COVID, I built a home studio when COVID happened. And luckily, they're allowing me to stay here at my home studio. It acts just like the studio at home. But I'm building another studio in my house to give me more room and more access to some space in the house. And so I'm actively looking at putting 
video into my studio and integrating video yes. with my shows because I realize I'm missing out on that medium. And you're right. That's where I'm going to go. Okay. It's time to kind of step into that medium and see if that's the next path for my career. But yeah. Well, and I think that's powerful. And I'm glad that you brought that up because look, let's don't think of TV as being a CBS affiliate or an ABC affiliate or NBC affiliate. Yeah. We left that. We left that playing field a long time ago. There's a lot yep. going on, right? Including people who are doing things to themselves that are very interesting. You know, look, we, we have seen a lot of change in radio, especially for personalities. Let's talk about you for a minute, because this is an interesting moment for you. It's an interesting moment for the industry and the direction of things. How do you invest in yourself to chart your own future? Because let's face it, if you're not managing your career, there's nobody doing it. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I always... For me, it's always making sure, and obviously the same, uh, I'm sure everyone else is key, trying to keep it up with what happens every day. It's not just watching the news, it's watching the trends. I'm lucky that I've got some younger nieces and nephews that I'm able to kind of feed off of. I'm like, all right, what are y'all looking into today? What are you happy about today? You know, so I always I try to surround myself with a plethora of different age groups and people and, and interests and everything to help me keep pushing myself forward. Um, now, obviously, I focus on country uh, exclusively, but I right. even keep some, you know, friends that I, I know hate country, but I always kind of talk to them to see what, what they're looking. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm like, yeah, whatever. He's, you know, don't, just hate my job. That's fine. You know, but you know, I like to talk to them about what they are liking, what they're interested in, because that keeps pushing me forward to keep not getting stagnant and to keep not, uh, you know, just staying in my lane. I like to push out a little bit more when it comes to radio. I mean, always listening to the better person. I always try to stream somebody new every week to listen to how their delivery is to see how they're doing their shows what maybe phoners or topics they're talking about because Absolutely. as it doesn't matter how great you are or how great you think you are there is always somebody better to listen to and that's what i love now with all the streaming is i can listen across the country to someone that you know quote they may be on a small mom and pop station but they've got an amazing show that i'm like dude if you're not listening to them you're not listening to the radio and so oh, i got a couple oh. of those that i love to listen to Oh, please. You know, great ideas come from anywhere. Not just they have a great show, but maybe they do a great thing that's interesting that you can put a twist on that yep. becomes this explosive thing for you that you're now you become famous for. It's what we all kind of look for, I think. Yeah. We talk about it a lot. In uh, we talk about this specific thing a lot in coaching with talent. Listen, do you think there are more opportunities for on-air personalities today or less? Um, well, that's a little bit of both, to be honest with you. I feel like there's less because a lot of the companies have gone to you know less people doing more opportunity, more shows, and we see right. it across a lot of companies. I feel like there are more opportunities, though, because like you said, it's not a you're on an ABC a TV affiliate. You yeah. can literally take your show to Facebook Live. You do a four-hour show a day. And you can take that farther. You can even do another four-hour show when you get off air and continue your show there. Or if anything, you're expanding your show immediately by going Facebook Live, YouTube Live, on Twitch, and all this stuff. And so you can literally expand your show. So I feel like now there's more opportunities than there ever was before because you're able to get all these new mediums and expand out all at once, which to me is just mind-blowing. Oh, and you know, you just hurt me there. You mentioned all these social media platforms. I got to ask you, how many of those things are you active on? 
Um, so I need to be, I will tell you right now, I need to be active on more. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, exclusively. I'm, I'm always on Twitter. I'm just not getting interaction on Twitter. Like I was, and I feel like Twitter's kind of falling off a little bit when it comes to interactions. And I could be totally wrong. I've just noticed that in my, uh, my kind of wheelhouse. Now I use Twitter a lot for trends and what people are talking about, breaking news and stuff like that. Um, I was on YouTube, uh, for a long, long time. I'll be honest with you. Um, we just with the baby that we just had a baby. So that kind of took me away. You've got a little, you know, a little bit going on over there. Yeah. So the, the video editing time is kind of, kind of cut down on me. So my goal is to get back into YouTube and I do want to uh, get into Twitch. I've, I've been watching a lot of people on Twitch, not just, uh, I'm not, I'm not a gamer, so I don't go to the gaming route of Twitch, but I like watching the live shows and how people do that there. And so Twitch is my next thing that I really want to get into. Uh, I've been on the Clubhouse app. I, I'm not a big participating as in talking on Clubhouse, but I will jump in a room and listen to these conversations on here. Uh, and, and I absolutely love what Clubhouse is. And I've even jumped into the Facebook version of Clubhouse now and, and whatnot as well. So. Well, and we like to make it clear to people that you can come to us and hang out. You don't have to ask questions. You know, (laughs) you can be as voyeuristic as you want to be because some people, that's what they want to do. They just they want to hang back. They don't want to be put on the spot. And we want people to know that that's that's totally cool with us. Listen, uh, we're heading in an interesting direction. You and I right now. Are you actively participating in podcasting today? Uh, so I am in the beginning stages of a podcast. Now I know I'm well behind. I should have had a podcast out by now. Um, but my uh, friend and I, he is a dad as well. And we're kind of doing a, um, dad podcast, not like talking about dad tips. It's dads that kind of hang around and get to talk about life. And so we're in the process of developing that right now. We've got two episodes done. We're going to get a couple more before we go live with it, but hope to do that here, honestly, in the next uh, two or three weeks. So that's going to be my first real foray into podcasting. Um, I've always put it off simply because I say, well, I don't have an idea. And nothing annoys me more than someone says, hey, I'm starting a podcast. What should I talk about? No, you need to come to a podcast idea because you have the idea. That's the thing about podcasting. There's a niche for everything. You don't go to, you know what I'm saying? People aren't tuning into the radio and you say, hey, what do you want to talk about? They're tuning in because you have an idea what you want to talk about. So I've always just put off podcasting until I had the idea of what I wanted. And so my buddy and I kind of were, it started out literally going out to the bar uh, with each other, just have, you know, a couple of guys nights out. And the conversation just kept going and flowing. And we're like, dude, this is being an amazing podcast. And so we've got to you know, get that launched here in the next few weeks. And uh, I'll make sure I put it out obviously all over my social when I do. But I'm really excited about that project. Well, and listen, I'm going to make you feel a little bit better here. Uh, at least my opinion is you, you're not late uh, unless you're trying to push into something that you are not passionate about. Yep. I mean, I mean, you're right on time when you develop your voice and you know what you're going to say and you jump in is kind of what you're saying, actually. Yeah. So, you know, I I think you have a good vision for that. And I'll look forward to that podcast when you launch for sure. Listen, uh, uh, tell us, I know that you have a desire or you did have a desire to do mornings and I bet you it's not ebbed. Is this something that you really want to do? Yes, it is. Um, I, I do afternoons and nights now on stations across the country. Uh, I'm very comfortable in those time, uh, time frames. I mean, I, I started actually in overnights and then I moved to nights and then afternoons. I'm comfortable in those time slots and that's just where my bread and butter is. But mornings has always been something that I've really 
really had a passion for. I think it is from growing up listening to Ryan Seacrest and really listening to the beginning of the Bobby Bones show when he moved to country. Um, right. And, you know, I just, I love that, that camaraderie aspect of mornings. I love that being that first thing you listen to in the morning. I love that. Like when I get to fill in for some of the morning shows on the stations I do, um, like with Whistle here, when our morning show goes out, I get to do their show. And it is the most fun fill-ins for me ever. My wife is like, you're just, you know, she's like, are you just going to record ahead? I'm like, no, I'm going to go and do it live. Are you kidding me? Like it's live radio, you know? And that's, that's the thing that I really, I, I, I want to do toward, uh, want to push towards. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, my brother and I both have tossed around the idea, like how many brother team uh, morning shows would have exactly. there? And we would love, I mean, that's something we've talked about. Like, man, if the opportunity ever came available for he and I to get to do a morning show together in country would be just, I mean, that would be like a dream of all dreams. Because obviously we can feed off each other very well. We're very, you know, I can read him, he can read me, you know, stuff like that. But that is definitely a dream still. Yeah, if you don't know each other by now, you're in big trouble. And I, <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> look, I know that you all know each other so well that your wives know each other so well. And there's a whole thing going on if you're listening to this between these <laughs> wives and the husbands and the family. And it's really incredible. You've got a lot of rich things to draw from for morning show content, for sure. Yeah. Let, let's talk about the fact that people look in our industry, if they run across you, you're known for different things. Okay, so I get it. You do afternoons on Whistle in Greenville, yep. Spartanburg, so people know you in that role. And then you have some afternoon drive and some night things that you're doing around the country on iHeart Country Stations. But then let's talk about your music-based skill set. You are also a music director. Uh, tell us about your world as it relates to music. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I've been a music fan. Mine, I mean, obviously, I always went to school to be a musician. Um, I was really into percussion and everything in high school, and I was like, man, that's what I want to do. So, music's always been really, really. Uh, close to me. Uh, I wasn't always a country fan. I'll be straight up and honest with you. I mean, originally from Philadelphia, we didn't listen to country music up there. Um, it wasn't until uh, I started working at iHeart um, uh, Media, which is actually the time Clear Channel Radio, uh, that I, they put me in the country station. I fell in love with country. So my life now today revolves around music. I mean, I listen to anything and everything that you send me. doesn't matter what format it is, what genre, I'm going to listen to it. I have my favorites. I've got my playlist that, you know, no matter what I'm feeling, I, I've got one for it. Um, I love new music discovery. Like you send me something new and I'm, I'm attached to it. I'll listen to it. Um, one thing I pride myself on is if a label sends me a new song or an album, I will listen to it immediately. I'll listen to it front to back, top to bottom. I want to be able to immerse myself in it so I can honestly give them an opinion of that is fantastic or man that's not the best so i'm very open to new music and new artists and new genres um one of my favorite things is is when they send me an album beforehand they're like hey we want your honest opinion and i'll write on like a five-page email they're like oh my gosh <laughs> i'm like don't tempt me when it comes to new music i love my new music so yeah a lot of what i do you know not just music directing for whistle obviously but it's 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 my daily life is around music and is it hard, in your opinion, to find the right songs for Whistle? You know what I mean? Yeah, there are some days where it's like, man, you know, we've got, you know, one slot to fill this week, and I've got eight songs sitting in my inbox that I really want to add. How am I going to choose? And then there's some weeks where you're like, 
okay, where's the music at, y'all? <laughs> like, I'm caught up here. What are we going to add, you know? And so there's there's some days you're like, oh, my God. I'll tell you one thing about the listeners here in the upstate of South Carolina. I know what country they like. I know what country they don't like. And so literally the reps have started to learn this as well. And so they know straight up, hey, this is right up y'all's alley. And I can listen to the first like 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah, or 20 seconds. I'm like, yeah, that's it. That, we're going to add that one because that's going to fit perfect with our playlist and with uh, our listeners. And so I've kind of really gotten to – a chance to understand our listeners and I know, Hey, this is going to be a big hit for them or it's not going to be a big hit for them. You know, listen, you started today talking, uh, right out of the shoot talking, really, you didn't use the word mentor, but you said there's lots of people that have helped me and that are helping me. Um, look, you, you must have personalities that you look up to in this business. Those that you've learned from and have learned from, can you maybe give us a story about, you know, one of these mentors that you've had that's really kind of changed your life. Yeah, I don't. I, so I've worked. I actually I work with this guy in iHeart now. Uh, we're not in the same market, but I'm on a couple stations he is with. And I've, I mean, I know his wife. I, I've we've hung out at shows, and I still don't know to this day if I've ever actually told him the impact he's had on me. But uh, Otis from ninety four point nine, the Bull, the afternoon guy, Otis. Oh, yeah. So he was on uh, afternoons at Kiss ninety five point one in Charlotte back in the um, right after I graduated high school, oh six, oh seven. So around that time. Quick backstory, I gave a kidney to my older brother who's in radio and we did the kidney transplant in Charlotte. So for six months leading up to the surgery, I was in Charlotte every week for testing and, and, and you know everything to make sure everything was good and everything was going to be a match. And I listened to 95.1 every time I was there. I was obsessed with that station. I was obsessed with Otis's delivery. I mean, at the time, Otis was just, I mean, blazing CHR. He, yeah. had, the, he had the dry drops with his name rolling into the, uh, into the uh, post of the song. I mean, that guy was... I mean, he was radio royalty to me. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I would literally record a show if I wasn't in Charlotte. I would record a show while I was in classes at Western. So I could go back and dissect a show and listen to it and how he did it and everything like that. And so Otis always pushed me without him even knowing uh, <laughs> to to want to be better and better because I saw how crisp and how clean he did it. And, you know, that was really still the time where a lot of people were, were very live. There was not a lot of recording happening at that time. So you could tell that it was just God-given talent that is Otis. And if you listen to Otis on the Bull in Atlanta today, same thing. I mean, same. It's clean. It's it's. I mean, he's just he's one of those radio guys. Him. Well, and he's Jim, listen. He's like you. Okay, he's a real guy. He puts himself into what is occurring. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And I mean, I remember the first time I met him. I think it was. He may still have been with ninety five point one. I don't know if he had come over to iHeart yet. But I just, I, it was almost like a fanboy. I was like, hey man, nice to meet you. I didn't even know what to say to the guy because I was like, so right. like oh man. And the other guy, too, that was amazing, I've never got to meet him in person. I've always wanted to, but JoJo Wright from KISS FM in L.A. On a whim one night, I was uh, running nights, or I was working nights for our Top 40 station in Asheville, and uh, he was um, – uh, he was on the station at some, I think he was doing afternoons for us, tracking, I can't remember, but anyway, I just on a whim sent him an audition. I don't know why, just DM'd him on Twitter, like, hey, you want to nice. listen to my audition? And I'm telling you, he listened, 10 minutes later, 
while doing his night show for Kiss FM was sending me tips and, oh man, that sounds really good. I like how you did this. Next time we should try to do this. And had no reason to write me back. There was no reason he needed to write me back. But the fact that he took the time to do that, he has had a mega fan for me ever since because he's just one of those guys that understood radio. He wasn't some big star that was too big to talk to me. He helped me out. And, I, and it's weird that they're not country guys at the, you know, the time that helped me out. But those two guys have really set me up throughout my college to push me to be better. When, so when I graduated, I was gung-ho ready to start at my radio career. Hey, listen, we're going to call that the mentor moment because every once in a while on the radio rally, we have somebody who talks about something like this, where they approach somebody in our business. And thank God, the stories are all amazing. They're all like, oh, my God, they did this for me. They did this for <laughs> me. And I couldn't believe it because they're boom. Yeah. Person, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just great to have that camaraderie and that connectivity that radio is. Now, you really, you open the door, as lawyers will say, you <laughs> open the door. So I get to talk about it now. You know, you said, I wonder, you know, one day if I'll be able to do a morning show with my brother um, and you're kind of connected you didn't say you'd given him a kidney, but now you have. You talk about being, you know, you're like, I don't know too many brothers who are doing a morning show. What? I don't know any brothers who have given up a kidney to another brother <laughs> who's doing a morning show with him. Um, are you too competitive as well? I mean, there must be some of that. Yeah, there definitely is. A funny moment uh, when I first started in radio um, out of college, out of Western, um, uh, we had flipped our hot AC station to top 40, which is now what my brother does mornings on. And he had just started mornings on that station and they were looking for a midday person. Uh, and so for the interim, Jeff Davis, um, who, if you know, Jeff Davis from Asheville, he's one of the most stand up guys you'd ever meet in radio. I'm sad that he's retired out of the industry now, but he, he's a big pivotal uh, person of where I'm at today. He gave me the opportunity to fill in while they looked for a permanent midday host. And I was like, heck yeah. So it was funny. My brother was on six to 10 and then I was on 10 to two. And when I say competitive, it was it was a bloodbath between the two shows because I was mm. determined as a fill-in to have a better ratings period than he did. And I've gotten my last my last ratings period with the station before they were like, hey, we got a midday host. We're going to move you to do um, overnights for the country station. I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, or weekends for the country station. But my last rating service, I was higher than my brother's morning show. And you could have heard me running down the hallway. And everyone at the station thought it was, uh, you know, it was great. It was fun competition. Of course. But even today now, it's, it's fun to just compete with, yeah, how many shows are you doing today? How many shows are you doing today? You know, so we still, we still like text back and forth and, and we're always, you know, ribbing on each other about doing this and doing that. And I joke around and I said, I've done more because his name is Josh Michael and I'm Aaron Michael. So I joke around and I, said, I do more with the name than you do, you know, as a joke, obviously. Right. <laughs> He's always, always giving me trouble too. So yeah, it's fun. Well, you both have unique and compelling stories. And I'm, I, you know, look, I got one more question for you. And uh, at least in this section, and I, I just want to go ahead and unload it on you because Look, I, and I always, I always take people off the hook. So there's going to be no pressure on this question, okay? Okay. Because nobody knows the future, okay? Yeah. But how do you see the future of radio for personalities, the future of radio for radio? 
I honestly, and I've said, we actually, it's funny you ask this. I had a conversation with someone about a week and a half ago about this, and they were looked at me dumbfounded, like, are you, you really are saying that? I feel like radio has a resurgence coming that we're all not ready for. I mean, if you go to the stores now, Walmart, Target, all that, what do you see? You see vinyls everywhere, right? I mean, vinyl is right. the new hot thing. I mean, hell, I've got, you know, a stack of vinyls of new artists, you know, next to a stack of vinyls of classic artists that my mom and dad gave me. You know what I mean? So vinyl is the new thing. And then, like, I just literally, I just spent six months trying to find a 94 Ford F-150 because that was the truck I wanted. I wasn't I trying to go that. buy, yeah, I wasn't trying to go buy the newest, biggest truck. I wanted a classic truck. I feel like radio has a resurgence coming because we're, it's, it. All the newness is going to be too much for everybody. There's going to be a point where everybody's like, look, we got to take a step back. we got to simplify our life. And that's when radio is going to make a resurgence. And I'm telling you that you're going to start seeing more live and local. You're going to start seeing more money flowing into radio because people are going to realize this is the easiest and best way to get my music, my information, and camaraderie in a world where you can feel alone, even with a thousand friends on your Facebook, you can feel alone at any moment. But you turn on the radio, you've got a friend talking to you right then and there. I feel like radio's got a resurgence. I feel like uh, uh, personalities have a resurgence. I mean, I don't know if we'll see like the days of Howard Stern, like back in the day coming back, but I really feel like we're going to see a, a rejuvenation in radio, and I'm so excited for it. Well, I keep expecting you to say, also, we don't track your data. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, let's don't forget that people are a little bit suspicious of all media. And it's really kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. Year after year after year, you see this, that radio kind of ranks the highest in, in yep. terms of, of where the trust level is. Uh, Aaron, I, I want to thank you for making time. Look, I know you've got a lot going on. You've got these different stations that you voice track. You've got to keep up with beating your brother half to death over how much <laughs> you're doing that he's not doing. Uh, I hope you'll stick around for a few minutes in case we have some questions from our audience. Is that okay with you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Excellent. Well, listen, uh, we do this live event every single Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. We call it the Encouragers, the Radio Rally. We do it for a very simple reason. We are here to encourage you. We are going to do that in a different way with the 2022 sales liftoff, planning your bigger revenue year coming Thursday, January 13th. This is coming up 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific till your market managers, your sales managers, and your local sellers if they want to tune in for a Q1 event about boosting their sales for the first half of 2022. This is the place where they're going to get it right here on the Clubhouse app in the Encouragers. We are going to lay out planning and actionable items to help you and your sales team grow revenue. We specifically are going to talk about recruiting new sellers, maybe millennials too, to the broadcast business and how you can get more not only out of Q1, but to drive your revenue in the first half of 2022. My co-host for this event is going to be the current sales consultant, Alec Drake, uh, for former uh, director of sales for Cumulus Media in Dallas. So you know he knows a thing or two about what we're talking about. But we're not just going to stay on the Dallas type level. We are going to invite two experts along with us, Chuck Wood, the VPGM of Delta Media Corp, a multimedia company comprised of seven television and nine radio stations in South Louisiana, and Scott Howard, the general sales manager of WoWo Radio, Federated Media, and Fort Wayne, Indiana. These guys are, are they are coming with some significant revenue generating ideas for you. And of course, every single week, 
we have visits from radio pros in different parts of the country on this live event for you. Uh, we are here to encourage you and encourage anyone making a, a living in the radio business today. Please do follow people on the stage in this live event. Look around the room, connect with the encouragers itself. We want you back for these events because we do have some really incredible guests and incredible opportunity for you to move your radio career forward. We are going to open up the room in case you might have a question or two for our guest. And you can do that by looking at the bottom of the screen. You'll see a little hand and what looks like some kind of device. Well, that's what it is. If you will press that, uh, it'll, it will notify us that you would like to speak to Aaron. And of course, we would like to get that done for you as well. Uh, we do ask that you mute your microphone if we bring you up onto the stage. We also want to say this to you. You do not have to speak on this event. You can actually send me a question uh, through the IM here on the Clubhouse app and get it done that way as well. Uh, listen, uh, but don't forget that we do have our Wednesday live events also called Innovation and Audio. And of course, our Innovation and Audio uh, with Skip Dillard at 94.7, the block in New York City. Our Wednesday live events, we deal with real world innovation, not just people from audio. We purposefully go outside of that to, uh, so that that nobody can see this and go, okay, that's not innovation. Uh, I promise you the people that are attending these that are that are live on these events, they are innovators. They are actively pursuing innovation on a daily basis. This Wednesday, yes, just two days from now, we're going to do something a little different. Our live innovation and audio event will feature something that's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Um, we're going to have a live guest in Daryl Hively, who is the founder and CEO of Guarantee Digital. We're going to talk about the digital revolution, what it means, how you should engage digital, how you can make more money in digital, how you can connect your sellers better to digital. You don't want to miss that. And of course, uh, we want to open up for questions. And um, if you have a question in mind, and uh, I am trying to bring Scott Evans on board here, and uh, hopefully he'll come right up. Scott, you have a question for Aaron? Hey, Aaron. Uh What's up, man? Quick question. I know you uh, talked about when you were a kid, your parents kind of, I don't know if discouraged the right way, but maybe lead you to a different path. If your kids decide they wanted to go in radio, how would you react? And and do they uh, show interest now with your home studio? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, man. I got um, an almost nine-year-old, twin four-year-old like you do, Scott, and then I've now got an eight-month-old. Um, yeah, my kids, all they want to do is play in the studio, and they will copy me. That I literally will be in the living room, and I'll hear them saying, the Carolinas number one for new country. I'm like, oh, my gosh, y'all hear me do my show is way too much. Uh, they love it. And the point, uh, fact that when I move into my new studio in the house, I'm going to get a small board and uh, cheap microphone and headphones for them to have in my old studio so they can feel like they have a radio studio. Um, I think if they came to me years from now and were like, hey, I want to do radio, and long as radio was still a viable option like it is today, I would support the heck out of them, man. I think I've seen how rewarding this business is, is to me and how rewarding this career and job has been that I would most definitely support them 100% just because, I mean, I, I luckily had parents that even though they said, hey, you should probably do something else, they were still like, look, if that's what you want to do, 
just don't give up. Just don't give up. And I said, okay. And I haven't, and even today, my parents are like, I still cannot believe what you do for a job. So I definitely think I'd support them 100%, man. Very excellent. This question is from our audience uh, through the app. And the question is, look, you, here you are, you've, you've got the studio, you're working on uh, visual side of that as well. Do you, Aaron, feel like this is going to be also the future of radio that people will not work in radio stations? They will work uh, as part of the gig economy. They'll they'll be at home doing these different stations. Hundred percent. I think if radio, honestly, right now is smart, I think radio will um, accept and adapt to allowing personalities to do their show where they need to, whether that be at a home studio, on the road. Say, uh, you know, my my oldest plays travel baseball, and there's been many times where we've had to be out of town for an early tournament on Saturday mornings, and so I'll get to the hotel on Friday night, get everyone to bed, and I will go set up a studio in my car and do some shows that I haven't got a chance to finish out yet. And I think as long as radio keeps accepting that, uh, I think that's going to help radio move forward because it gives them the ability to adapt and overcome while taking care of some of the overhead of, you know, paying, building (laughs) rent and all this stuff when it may not be completely needed like it was back in the day. Here's another question. This is about voice tracking. Um, I want to hear this one myself. Um, how many radio stations do you think you can effectively voice track? Well, um, I do eight a day. Um, that is two afternoon shows and six night shows. I do a plethora on the weekend. Um, I have not got to the point where I said, all right, I can't do any more. I'm very cautious of any more that are thrown my way because, again, kind of like what you were hitting at, I don't want to – uh, lessen the value of either one of those shows. One thing I do pride myself on, though, is you want quality to be good. I would imagine, right? Yeah, I mean, I just want to make sure that my shows are what needs to happen. So, like my Facebook, I've got you know every page for every town that I'm in like so like in my Austin station I have the local Austin blogs and news and all that so when I'm talking about something I feel like I'm immersed in it because I've seen it on my Facebook I've seen it trending I've seen it happening here and there um, so I try to make sure that I'm following all the news in every market I'm in so that way I kind of have the feel of what's happening in that market because again that's what makes you more relatable is knowing what's happening around the area anybody can talk about oh man it's 60 degrees and sunny today that's great but when you're in North Carolina and going, wow, last time we had 60 degrees in December, you know, two weeks later, we had a freaking blizzard. Do you remember that? That's what makes you sound relatable and local. How valuable are program directors for feeding you some specifics too? Man, I've got the best program directors and APDs that I think anybody could uh, deal with. I mean, uh, Cindy Spicer and Sarah Jacobs in Tampa are some of the best I work for. They, I mean, there's not a day where I don't have an email. I mean, just unloading everything for the day. I mean, I literally can look at that email, know what's going on. Uh, same in Greensboro, JT Bosch and Matt Pancola send me an email every day of local happenings. Uh, I mean, uh, Alec uh, in, in uh, San Antonio, he's the new PD there, but he's doing a great job of keeping us up to date. I mean, th- these guys and girls are absolutely amazing with making sure I know what's happening on the station, what's happening in the market, what it, the feel is in the market. Like with Tampa, when, when the Bucks were winning the Super Bowl and then the Lightning were winning the Stanley Cup, I mean, I'm a diehard Philadelphia fan, all right? Eagles, Flyers, Phillies, you name it. I've them. heard that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, if you see me on Facebook at all, you know. But, man, I'll tell you what, I was the biggest Tampa Bay fan there for about four or five months because the excitement from Cindy and from Sarah was unmatched in the email. It made me feel like I lived in Tampa. It was absolutely amazing. So, yeah, these PDs and APDs are just incredible with helping me 
stay focused and stay up to date on what's happening. Man, look, it's so great to get this visit in with you. And I just want to thank you again. Um, listen, uh, I, we really appreciate you making the time for us. Man, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it, Lloyd. All right. We do try to keep things to about an hour. You can see we're right about there. One of the great things about our live events is that you can listen along. Nobody's required to ask questions. So, we, you know, we don't put you under a lot of pressure to do that. I do want to thank you for joining us every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We don't take this lightly. It is the Radio Rally. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Radio Rally, email me or have them email me, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have an absolutely fabulous week. We are about to turn over into a brand new year. We like to say this at Rainmaker Pathway and on the radio rally itself. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. Our thanks to Aaron Michael for being our patient and giving guest. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the radio rally podcast, which should be available pretty darn soon in the next few minutes or so, or even sooner. And thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing the podcast. Please do share our podcast, the Encouragers, the Radio Rally, and the Encouragers Innovation and Audio with others that you know that are interested in growing their careers in audio or people who are interested in innovation because we have some badass innovation shows. Both podcasts are available right now on Apple, Audible, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Please remember this if you don't remember anything else. Be kinder than you have to be. Thanks for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers, and good night.